My name is Wazir. And my name is John Muhammad. And this, this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm excited about this. It's time for us to address the NFL boycott. We have to address it. What we're going to do is we're not just going to talk about it from a social or a political standpoint. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast, so we are going to delve into the business side of how we as viewers affect the NFL and how us uh, pulling back our viewership will affect their dollar, basically, right? That's true. So to get it started, did you want to talk about how does the NFL work? Like, what is their business model? First of all, we need to understand that the NFL is a nonprofit entity. It has a nonprofit status. And, the, and when this comes into play in terms of the tax pair, is that for one thing, nonprofits don't pay taxes. Okay. Also, these the the sports, um, and not just NFL, but the professional for, sports, they need stadiums and arenas in order to play their games in, okay? They don't foot the bill for those arenas, for those stadiums, multi-million dollar stadiums. Uh, usually the the government, the county, the city, the, the, the state, the government finance or uh, pay for the stadiums to be erected. They may issue a bond uh, to come up with the Maybe $400 million, I think it was, to build the Enron Field here in Houston. Uh, later, they named the stadium Minute Maid Park. I think it was about $400 million. Well, the taxpayer is paying that. Not the baseball league or the football league. Right. Uh, I think the uh, Texans, the Houston Texans, play in the NRG Stadium. And Formerly well, known as the Reliant Arena. The county owns the uh, property, so the county issues a bond. And we already have built the the Astrodome. And now right next to, in the same <laughs> property, we build the the um, the NRG field, you know. But the, the NFL doesn't pay for that. But they make money off of that. Let's understand that. So... The other thing is that uh, look at the NFL, and we, we're going we're gonna to look at the NFL and compare it to the slave plantation. Now, usually you and I work jobs, you know, you might have work jobs, those of you in the audience. You say you have a job, right? You're, you refer to your, your employer as your employer, maybe your boss, maybe, you know. But you don't say he's your owner, <laughs> During the plant, during slavery, the workers had an owner because they was owned by the master. When you go to work, he's just your employer. So why the NFL use the term owner? The players have an owner. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And then uh, you under contract to that owner like an indentured servant, you know. Um, and if you wanted to go to another team. You have to become a free agent, so you wasn't free at first. Mm. <laughs> you was, you was in, you was in, you was a dentured servant, and then again, now we're going over the symbolism, psychological. This this affects us psychologically. Uh, the football players, they play on a field. Remember that from slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, 
we worked in the field. We was the field hands, you know. And the owner lived in the house, in the stadium, there in the skybox. <laughs> they looking down on the field that they that they players that they that they own, uh, you know, making money for them, producing for them. And if you get hurt and injured, you know, carry him off and put another fresh one in there. Mm. You know, so but it's it's about it's pure capitalism. I think the the uh, the part of the NFL that seems the most like slavery to me, or not the most, but one thing that you look at and you just like ah, they don't they don't look right. Is the NFL combine? Yeah, where they all all the owners and all the people who are signing these contracts go to the combine. They like look how fast he can run. Right. Let's see how high he can jump. All right, now put your arms out. Let's measure your arm length and right. your leg length. And oh, look at him, he's so strong. And then they they determining at that point are they gonna sign him or are they gonna trade them and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like the the, the, the slave, slave. Yeah, the yeah. slave auctions. Exactly, yeah. The slave auctions. And as a matter of fact, the draft, where they, where they be talking about how you draft it uh, in the beginning of the season and what team you're going to, it's like a slave auction. Right. They auction off uh, slaves to different plantations, different teams or plantations. And instead of getting branded with the brand, you throw the brand on your head. To put they put on the hat. I signed to you know the and Seahawks. Then, and then seventy percent of the players in the NFL are black, a so called African American, you know, uh, and you know is it, who? What about the owners? What percentage of the owners are black? Yeah, you see what I mean. I'm asking how many. Uh, I don't zero. Know many, I don't know many black owners. It's zero percent. Yeah, I don't think any of them. Are. And see, that's 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 where we have a problem at. Well, we need to be um, addressing this, and let's look at it closer economically, because that's not the only way that they make money. Of course, they make money from the ticket sales, you know, at the gate. Right. You buy a ticket. But before you bought the ticket, you had to pay to park. You know, and you can pay 20 bucks to park over here at the, at the NRG or at the um, Minute Maid Park. You may pay... Uh, Ten to twenty bucks to park, you know. So now you're in the park. You paid to park, then you pay for the ticket. And uh, now, once you get in, you're paying concessions. So these are these are companies benefiting uh, from from this game. You know, you got beer, you got popcorn, you got hot dogs and uh, concessions. Right. Um, also, you have merchandise. So we talking jerseys. Jerseys, yeah. Bobbleheads. The, uh, the balls, the actual NFL footballs. Football, people, yeah. yeah. And then if there's this autograph, is even more mm. valuable. You know, so um, so they're making money off of merchandise, off of concessions, off of parking. And now you see advertising. That's the big one. You may see advertising around, uh, for one thing, the stadium itself. A corporation put their minute made. Is a is a corporation NRG, that's the parent corporation of uh of our uh, Reliant is the uh, electric uh, power company here in this area, and NRG is the parent company. Mm. You know, previously it was known as Reliant Stadium, and NRG is just a parent company. So they get advertising, they selling advertising by putting their name on the stadium that the taxpayer pays for. However. That's like the Staples Center, where the where the Lakers play. Right. And the Staples, which is like Office Depot. Right. right. So 
every uh every stadium since I didn't I didn't realize that, but most stadiums have a company attached to it like that. That's that's true. Yeah. You know, that's the like sprint. some some buildings. Uh uh sometimes the the buildings would have uh, a company name on it or bank building. So if that uh if it's a Bank of America tower, then you get advertising from that. And they sell that. They sell that. You have to purchase that. So uh, I didn't want to take over. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Whenever you was talking, I just wanted to make sure the fans, uh, the audience sees Wazir. You know, y'all see a lot of uh, uh, John Muhammad. But uh, what we want to do is look deep into that. When When there's a Super Bowl, or even regular Monday night football, or whenever it's aired, you have commercials. And the, and, and the audience is just not the people in the stadiums. The biggest audience is the people tuning in. Right. Radio, uh, television, local television, cable networks. Uh, that's what a big advertising dollars are. So now, the other area we would like to talk about is sponsorship. You know, we we like to talk about Nike, Nike, Adidas. You know, the the, the shoes that the players wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I seen Steph Curry in a commercial with uh, a car. He was driving a car. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that's would be real crazy. They have these seven foot basketball players in commercials for these little bitty cars. <laughs> no one ain't riding them cars. They legs too long. You know what I mean? They in the. Uh, and uh, what's the thing called? Where it's like electric and and gas. Oh, okay, uh, fuel efficient. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know these fuel efficient uh, hybrid. Hybrid cars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they ride in hybrids. Those players are not riding hybrids. They're getting a check for that, for them now, to advertise now, that. Now, now, once we start boycotting that, we interfere with the plantation uh, money. You know, they, you, you know, you interfering with our money now. We didn't talk about the traveling aspect of it too. The airline, say if yeah. it's a, because uh, I remember they were working on the airline in Houston, Texas when the uh, Hurricane Harvey hit. No, no, when the Super Bowl came here. Okay. So I seen them fixing up uh, Hobby Airport because I think they knew so many people were gonna be flying into Houston. So think of how many billions or you know billions yeah. of dollars the airline makes around sporting events. And I'm looking at this, to say it's like 125 players on average on a uh, on a football team. Those players have to travel. Yeah. And they have half the games are away. And they so, have to lodge, lodge and they have to stay in hotels. So hotels making money, the airlines making money. And you're just talking about the, the players. Just the, the players. players. The, the players is a small number. And the fans, the yeah. The fans is the big number. Yeah. Some fans travel to watch their their home team. Because you have the home side and the visitor side. So if you got you got somebody sitting on the visitor side, they traveling. Right. They they purchasing the plane ticket or the the bus ticket, the they lodging the the hotels and rental cars, so it's business at the end of the day. Restaurants, because we all gotta eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's business. It's business. It's economics. You know, sponsorship is economics. So now, uh, the racist, the low key racist, says that oh, you know, you um, you privileged now. You middle class. You're making money. You rich. You privileged blacks now have the audacity, the nerve enough to go out and protest. You need to do that on your own time. The racist, 
<laughs> you need to do that on your own time. You're interfering with business now. You know, we allow you to make millions of dollars. Wait a second. You're racist. You allowing me? That means I, I, I'm, I'm not a full citizen. I'm a second-class citizen because now you have control over me that you allows me. I'm not a free man mm -hmm. to be self-determining. And I earned this. I don't see them, the owners running up and down the field. I see the brothers running up and down the field taking that 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 blow to the head or that uh, injury, you know. And uh, I recently, you know, I watched a lot of interviews. I was watching right. an interview with Terry Crews, who played uh, seven years in the NFL. And he was talking, you know, Terry Crews, the big swole Terry yeah. Crews. He was talking about how the NFL... The relationship between the, the team owners and the players is an abusive relationship yeah. to where they out there damaging their body, getting, you know, brain injuries, all these things. But the whole time they're always on edge. Like, am I going to get cut? Am I going to yeah. get? And they don't have guaranteed contracts because they know they're going to get injured. No, no security. Other, exactly. So they have to get in line or fall in line because if anything happens, they can cut them at any time. And they done put all this work in their whole life. Just to get cut, you know. And to maintain that lifestyle. But the owners don't have that insecurity. They don't, yeah. Because you don't get new owners every season, every year. Nah. So the players are insecure. And also, they have these handlers. You know, an MK mind control. <laughs> you have handlers that help brainwash you. Well, the handlers I'm talking about is the sports agent, is your accountant, is your lawyer. These people that manage you, you, you in your career, but primarily I'm talking about your financial management, and they not they not advising you to invest in black businesses, invest in your community, or in nonprofits in your community. They suggest investing in their banks, in their nonprofits that they uh, advise, and buying property in their neighborhood. You know, they built they built the property, the multi-million dollar mansion, right, with 14 bedrooms. And you got these uh, celebrities and athletes, you know, trying to live that image. Right. Of, I'm, I'm rich. I made it now. New money. Because a lot money. of times they come <laughs> from a position where they never had anything like that. Yeah. They first generation wealth, basically. And they got to get the bling bling. Mm -hmm. And they got to go party. We're going to make it rain. We've spent $10,000 at strip club making it rain. But you're not investing wisely to after your career, your sports, professional sports career, or artist career is over, now you have something to fall back on because you, you invested wisely. But, you know, investing in, in making it rain in the, in the bar is not wise investments. Or, you, you know, you're setting up all your posse partying with all your posse, your crew, and your posse not doing no work. They just the entourage. Yeah. You can look at somebody like Mike Tyson or yeah. somebody who took that route where they spent all their money and everybody was around them showing them love when they have the money. What? But as soon as they fall or they don't, they no longer, no longer have it anymore, all those people disappear, just move on to their next athlete to get close to, you know? Yeah, so, you know, part of this, let's look at business-wise. Now, if you are an athlete, we're advising you, not, not your handlers. We're advising you to invest that money into real estate, into business. I didn't even say stock market 
But stock market is someone else's corporation, and I don't know how well it's managed. But let us accept that responsibility to create opportunities, job opportunities, for our unemployed in our community. We came from the ghetto. You know, we know that it's suffering now from economic deprivation. We can address that. As simple as a restaurant, you know, a cleaner's. You know, things that we knew, practical things that fulfill human needs. You're looking at what what could it be? Well, what do we need? Just look at the, the things we need, housing. We need housing, even a apartment, uh, what they call it, multifamily housing, apartment housing. Now, I don't ever see black contractors <laughs> in this area doing any construction work, but most of us live in apartments. You know, but we don't own the apartments. Mm. So they don't hire us to maintain the apartments. They don't hire us to build apartments. They don't hire us to manage the apartments. You see? We can create jo- those job opportunities for our our community. And, then, and that's multifamily housing, single-family housing, affordable housing. We need that. All of you uh, athletes, uh, entertainers, uh, wealthy, uh, looking for investments. We just had Hurricane Harvey. It's a shortage of housing. You know, why can't we buy from you or rent from you? And let's circulate that $1.5 trillion that we generate annually. And we need uh, transportation. We need car dealerships, new and used. We need automotive repair shops. You know, even if you just have a tie shop, we need, when we get a flat, we need a we need a tie shop. We need rim. We like rims, shiny rims, spinning rims. We like rims. Open up the rim shop. Mm. You know, let's detail the car. You know, why don't we own the car wash? Got all these black movies, <laughs> car wash. Why don't we own the car wash? You know, detail shop. I think it's time to go ahead and do some of our sponsors. Okay. Okay. Um, we like to talk about Nation's Products. Nation Products is a literacy advocate. They produce children's books. Of course, we need to uh, educate our children. And all of the things that they need to learn may not be taught in public schools. Right. Some of the things we... uh, For instance, Nation Products just released a book recently, um, chemistry book. The chemistry, chemistry for Children. It covers the periodic table uh, and the elements that's found in the periodic table um, for children. Is is our children can be introduced to science at a, in the tender age, right? And that way, when they see it later on in high school, they won't be shocked. It's, it's, it's not a subject that you know that blacks don't do well. It's a it's a myth that blacks don't do well in science and mathematics. But we, if we accept the responsibility to introduce those subjects to our children, and that education starts at home. So go to Nation's Products page on Facebook. Mm. Find the link. There's a link where you can acquire that book, Chemistry for Children. Start introducing math and science to our children. Another title is Famous Blacks in America. And again, we talk about historical figures 
that made a contribution to our culture and, and history and the building of this nation, however. Uh, and uh, a lot of times we don't learn about them in school. But in this book, is a word search book. So it's a brain teaser. A, you know, as we solve the puzzle, our children learn about these figures. And a result of that, uh, effect of that, when they see themselves in education, it builds their self-esteem. You know, it's taking away the glass ceiling. Now we can accomplish a great things because our, we see our ancestors have made all of these accomplishments. Mm. And that's famous blacks in America. Uh, there's another one uh, on Barack Obama. Barack Obama is a child, children's book, Barack Obama. Uh, look that up. You can find that on uh, Nation's Products page. All right. Want to do a uh, Oh, yeah. You can also uh, check out my music. You can go to uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Tidal, everything like that. Also, follow me on uh, Instagram at Wazir underscore. And check out my videos on my YouTube at W-A-Z-E-E-R the Great. Wazir the Great. So, y'all check that out. You got a public I, I, I like the cosign. Mm-hmm. That you can help sponsor the Business Building Block Show because we partners here. Right. So if you support Wazir's music by streaming it, or even if you cop a single, I mean, get a single on iTunes, what, 99 cents? Yeah, know? yeah, do, do all that. You know, you'll be doing your part. I mean, we're not asking you to, to really <laughs> make a, a, a blood sacrifice. We're just asking for some support so that we can continue this work of bringing you this information. You know, another uh, public service announcement is the Final Call newspaper in which we found the title for this episode, the boycott of the NFL. The Final Call newspaper is an independent black newspaper. You can go to finalcall.com. Again, it's finalcall.com. And you'll find news as it relates to our community and this national and, and international news. And again, it's not fake. It's not misinformation. This is factual information that you can depend on. And you can't always depend on that. And it's a corporate-sponsored news media. Right. You know, because I recently, just to keep... <laughs> I've seen this firsthand. You remember those movies in the 90s? Well, they used to, I forgot what movie it was, but they showed the news portraying us in a bad light. Okay. Like, people used to talk about that a lot in the 90s. Like, oh, they showing us. Do you remember that? Well, I see. Yeah, they, they did it in the 90s. They do it now. Well, they do it now, but I feel like it was a lot of movies about it in the 90s. I've okay. seen a couple movies. Remember the, the news anchor turned white over the course of the movie? I don't know if uh -huh. you remember that. Well, basically, I was in Fox the other day. I, okay. You know, you know how we talk about having a business and... uh. Having some dealing with your reality while you're testing your dreams. So I'm building these two businesses, the podcast and my music. Right. But on the side, 
I drive Uber or whatever. So I'm driving Uber, and one of my customers, and I was like, uh, they was like, come on in with us. We watching the news. So we went to Fox News. Okay. I walk into Fox Fox News with the shirt that I had that I have that says that you gave me that say unapologetically black. Okay. So <laughs> so I'm in the news station in Fox News with this shirt on, and they had a politician on there. He walked up to me. He was like, what does your shirt say? Big fat jolly white man or whatever. Right. He's like, what does your shirt? Say? He said, I just want to let you know right now, I'm colorblind. Oh, I don't know what you think. I have multiracial grandchildren. I have a Mexican grandchild. I have a... And I'm just looking at him like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, you lying. Second of all, like, what, you know, but... Well, that news media is not uh, colorblind. Well, that's what I was about to say. After all that colorblind stuff, the rest of the news was just painting black people as the most <laughs> ignorant animals, whatever. Like, right. it was crazy. And I'm like, am I... Where am I? It was like a movie or something. Everybody in there laughing while they showing us in these yeah. bad positions. And I was just like... I got. I left. I was like, look, the people I was with. I was like, look, y'all, I gotta go. I can't stay here for all this, you know. Yeah, so. you know, it's supposed <laughs> to be new. It's just like those cartoons, and and I think uh, Jay Z brought attention to that in his latest video. We used those old cartoons from the thirties, right? Where they depicted us uh, in a very negative uh, caricature as a, a buffoon, you know, slaves, savages, whatever. Uh, and uh, once they paint those pictures to us. And it's uh, while we children, we watching these cartoons that demonize us, that vilify us. Right. And then they do it. They do it through Hollywood, and they do it through news. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't have all this uh, cable cable oh. network. Oh, okay. It was just Channel Two, Channel Thirteen, Channel Twenty Six, Channel Eleven, 39. Channel Thirty Nine. You know, uh, that was it. It was no cable. But you know. 13 was the news. My grandfather said, put it on the 6 o'clock news, channel 13. And what, you know, is that true? Oh, I seen it on the news. <laughs> if right. it was on the news, to us, it, 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 that was verification that was true. Now we're learning that they use the news media as a number one uh, propaganda tool. And, you know, like, uh, for instance, we want to talk about uh, the current uh, elected president, Trump. He carefully uh, uh, changed the focus of the protests. Right. See, Colin Kaepernick originally took a knee to protest police brutality, the unjust killing the blacks, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so he takes a knee during the national anthem. Okay. Now, then they denied him to hire him again the next season. They, so they that's uh, discrimination, racial discrimination, right? Right. So now the black community, those involved in the protests originally against police brutality uh, and injustice, we don't get justice in their courts because all of these cops are found innocent. So uh, we begin to boycott the NFL because you're discriminating against him for uh, standing for his constitutional rights to protest. You denying him his constitutional rights. So here we are dealing with justice, police brutality, constitutional rights. If we free under the flag. Right. Now, now they're trying to dis change it over that you disrespecting the American flag, you disrespecting the veterans. Right. That's a diversionary tactic. You know, that's an intellectual, uh, psychological bullying. You know, that you're going to take over. Now you're going to take over our movement and say you boycotting 
the the white supremacists are boycotting the, the uh, NFL because of the the blacks, the victims. We the victims in the case, right? And we speaking out against police brutality. And you saying you you disrespecting the flag. You know, you disrespecting the veterans. Yeah, you disrespecting the veterans. You got them over there fighting for a freedom that we don't even enjoy. We talk about the constitutional rights. You're denying us our constitutional rights. Right. At the same time, you asking me to go fight somebody in the Middle East because they don't have democracy. I don't have democracy. You know, we filling up your prisons. We filling up your ghettos. We in the unemployment line. And now you shooting us, gunning us down in the street and denying us justice in courts. We're not even free citizens. Right. What about fighting him for? And you bullying him. Now you say you're over there fighting for democracy, but you're hauling off all the oil. Why are you taking the oil fields? You see, why are you in Afghanistan growing the uh, heron, the poppy seed? <laughs> you harvesting heron. Put the hell run on the market. You know, you don't talk about that. And this is economics. It's economics, you know. The U.S. government interests. But it's not, the, you're not fighting for the citizens of the United States. Yeah, that whole love for the troops is fake anyway. They, mm-hmm. Like you're saying, they don't love the troops because what they sending them over there for is not, is not just, it's not right. But they use, like you're saying, they're using marketing tools to portray these people, like they portray them as heroes when really they just contract killers for a corporation. They just send them over there to kill people that's blocking their dollar. That's right. And then when they kill them, they say, oh, they're heroes, and then they just let them be homeless in the street or something like that while they get trillions of dollars with oil. And then they say he took a knee, but he hurting the, uh, he's hurting the troops more than them, you know. Right. And they not sending their son to go do that. Actually, taking a knee is a difference. You know, you came up to the to the king or the ruler, you take a knee. Right. You know, uh, you're really bowing. Apparently, he asked a, a person who was a veteran the most respectful way to protest the national anthem. And he told him, well, I think taking a knee would be the best way to do that because it's still respectful, but you're showing. So he tried yeah. to do it. in the re- Now, we're peaceful. Yeah. But when, when those white nationalists up in Virginia, when they protest, for one thing, they carry around a the tiki torches and they marching at night like Hitler did and they putting up the, the swastika they following Hitler I, I thought you fought Hitler during World War II they so confused but now you honoring <laughs> Hitler and they honored Hitler before they fought him Hitler came to the US you know he matter of fact he studied the US to come up with his uh, philosophy this white supremacist philosophy is about studying the U.S. So he got his ideas from here, and he got his backing from here financially. You know, and we'll go into that at a different time, how they finance World War II and how these bankers finance all these wars. But they saying you will not take our place. And they got violent at the protest. They're attacking people. They got riot gear on like the police. And they're attacking the counter-protesters. They're not nonviolent. They're not peaceful. We are peaceful. But these white supremacists are not peaceful. They don't have a history of being peaceful. They have a history of terrorism. They have a, a, a history of murder. 
you know, they're attacking defenseless blacks, burning down their churches, firebombing the churches, burning the cross. I mean, what kind of people are you? You say you're Christian and you love Christ, but you, I think you're worshiping Satan. Why would you set the cross on fire? You want to you wanna put fear in the people, you know, to deny us our rights. That's what it's all about, intimidation. These people are not uh, um, nonviolent, but we are. We are peaceful by nature. And we have a history of, uh, of protesting civil disobedience in a peaceful, nonviolent way. And the authorities attack us. You know, now God has responded with the plagues. <laughs> now, that's theological. Uh, you know, we don't have to lift a finger. We don't have to fire a shot. God is uh, able. And he's uh, He's acting now. We're at, we at the end of this period of time. And uh, we wanted to tie this to uh, the whole foundation of what business building blocks is about. You know, Christ comes to establish a kingdom. So Christ is involved in kingdom building, right? So what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a nation. So kingdom building is nation building. And if the children of Israel are being let go, they say, okay, if you don't like it here in America, you're not patriotic, you disrespecting the flag by taking a knee. Well, get out, leave. I had a white supremacist tell me that the other day. We well, all go back to Africa. Wait a second. Wait a second. We spend three hundred. You got three hundred years of chattel slavery, free labor out of us. We haven't received any reparations or compensation for three hundred years, and another hundred years of Jim Crow and segregation. Mass incarceration. Mass incarceration. Up to now, police brutality. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what, what, you know, we just can't leave empty-handed now. You know, you got to pay. They don't have enough to pay. It's just going to have to be, they're going to have to give it up. They got to give up the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. And what are, you, what, are you, what are you marching with this torch? We, you would not take our place, meaning you would not take leadership, white supremacy, the idea, the concept of white supremacy is dying a natural death. That's what a superior uh, idea, a governing concept has come into the world. That's what Christ brings. Right. A new philosophy. Political, economic, spiritual, a whole new world, a new kingdom. You know, every tyrant and ruler will be set down. So, if you are a tyrant and you are oppressing the people, then your their rule is limited. Even if you're in business and you are taking advantage of the people in business, your days of being in business is limited because we're going to boycott you. You know, and I wanted to talk again about the Justice Else movement, which was prior to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. We were already participating in the Justice of Else movement, which was led by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, the Justice of Else, 
either you give us justice. There's no substitute for justice. You know, you can take down a Confederate flag. You can remove some Confederate statues of some generals in the Confederate during the Civil Civil War. Right. But we called hell. We suffered under slavery under the American flag and the Confederate flag. So whether you take down the uh, the flag or the statue, you still haven't repaired the people. You haven't uh, repaired the people, um, and you have not paid uh, any price for what was done to us. Right. The people have not been repaired. So we need reparations, right? We need land, for one thing. We need true freedom, justice, and equality. Um, so that, but we need land for economic development so that we can create the jobs. You know, we, we can't be free of free people begging for jobs. And you say, well, fine, well, Mr. Trump, uh, if uh, the young guy that wanted to, he was invited to the White House. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Uh, he was invited, but he'd say he didn't want to go to the White House. So then uh, President Trump was uh, felt offended. Well, I, re- I, I, re- I take back my invitation. You disrespectful. Uh, you uppity nigger. Right, right. <laughs> you know, he, I invite your niggers in my house. Right. <laughs> you don't want to come. White, and you, you had the dastardly uh, name the, 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 the government house, White House, after white supremacy. Right. So it's based on slavery. So now, Slaves built the White House. Yeah, we built the White House. You living in our house. Right. We And we made you rich and powerful. Yeah. Our blood, sweat, and tears made America rich and powerful and Europe. So we putting all of you on notice. America had performance-enhancing drugs. That was <laughs> the black back. That's when right. You, <laughs> if, if really, though, with this the business building blocks, what if you could start your business with, let's say, 10 years of just people working for you for free. Right. 24 hours a day. They live where in your business, and they wake up every day and just do your work, and you don't got to pay them. You ain't got to pay them. What right. if everybody could do that? But they call us lazy, and we pull yourself up and all that. Well, Y'all didn't I, do know, that. They call us lazy in order to use psychological, that's psychological control. Back to, like, that abusive relationship. It's mm-hmm. like a... a a woman who's with a man, he calling her stupid, and right. you lucky you with me, and nobody you're wants blaming, you. Blaming you, blaming yeah. the victim, but now you're being exposed today, and now you don't control all of the media outlets. You know, thanks to social media, we're able to have these discussions. Yeah, well, we can we can call you out. You wanted to come in on that. Oh, you said we have social media, so yeah, we can call yeah, them yeah, out? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, but it's just like people are aware of what's going on. People ain't sleep anymore. I remember when I was growing up in the Nation of Islam, we used to always be like, we got to wake the people up. We got to wake, and I never knew how that was going to happen or when that was going to happen, but the general conversation that you hear around in all platforms and you see it online, everybody's having a conversation that I never thought people would ever have. I didn't know people would ever care about it and stuff like that. That's true. So we making a lot of progress to the point where we always, this is always being discussed no matter where you look. That's true. It's the topic of conversation. And I think a lot of that has to do with Trump. A lot of that has to do with the police brutality that happened ever since Trayvon Martin. It's been building up to this point where this is the this is where the conversation is. It's the heat of the conversation is. 
what's going on with black people in America. Right. What's going on with the injustices that are happening every weekend? How are they developing? Are we getting free? What's our... You know, I hear this talk all the time. What's our plan? What are we going to do? Well, we need to be doing this economically. We need to be doing that. So I think it's good. I well, think let's, it's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Because we were talking about the justice of else. So we already were boycotting uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this materialistic Christmas, not the theological Christmas. We're not, we're not against Jesus. It was up with Jesus. Uh, it is up with Jesus, down with Santa. Santa is the character that's made for merchandise. It's not Jesus that they focus on. The merchants are getting rich off of Santa. You buying all these products that you don't need, going into debt to to satisfy Santa. It's so crazy. It's a it's a, it's a character. It's a character. A caricature. It's not a real person. If it real, it is, if it is a Satan. He has. <laughs> They say he got elves building the toys, <laughs> but most of the toys we use are made in China. So who are these elves, <laughs> these third world children who make the toys? Is that who they talking about? That they underpay? Reality, that's who it is. <laughs> the, the child slaves. Yeah, so. But uh, we were boycotting Black Friday, mm-hmm. boycotting Cyber Monday. That whole period between Thanksgiving and, and, and uh, Christmas, which is the biggest quarter in the economy. Economically, you know, the economy is broken up in the three-month quarters, and the last quarter is the most, the most valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where most of the income is generated. Right. So we boycotted them, and also we was buying black, mm-hmm. and we need to continue to buy black. And what we wanted to draw your attention to before we run out the, the show, I wanted to do one more sponsorship. Go ahead, and that's the economic blueprint. Go to the economicblueprint.org. You talked about a plan. What is the plan? Well, the plan must include land, an economic plan. So that's done in the economic blueprint because we want to start off with 200 million acres. Uh, go to this site. Give five cents a day, which comes out to 35 cents a week, $18.20 a year. So just go ahead and just donate 20 bucks to the fund, and you cover it for the year. And this will uh, collectively, if millions of us do this, we can begin to establish an economic basis for all of the businesses that we need to do. Uh, agribusiness, food, and as well as housing. And these, all of this is going to produce jobs. Education, transportation, hospitals, institutions. The, the, every, the wealth is in the land. And the children of Israel was promised land. So if you're coming from it from an economic point of view <clears throat> or a theological point of view, we need land or just common sense. Right. Right. So I hope we touch, we, we really address. Should our listeners watch the NFL going forward? Should they watch it? No, we, we boycotting the NFL. Yes, do not watch the NFL until but we see go out and, and buy black, hire a black contractor, go into business, don't be afraid. You, you find in safety and security in uh, your enemy. He, he's, he's, he wants to fire you or not hire you if you stand up for your own uh, constitutional rights. Right. He's denying you your rights, your right to free speech, your right to uh, assembly, to protest, and all of this. Mm. So uh, 
find your security in what in God and what we can do ourselves if we unite. Well, that's what it is. Everybody listening right now, if you are not watching live on Facebook, if you're listening to this podcast on a later date, make sure that you tune in on Facebook. We've been going live every week from 3 to 4 p.m. every Sunday. So that's central time. So if you're anywhere in the country and you want to watch us do the podcast live, you can watch us on Facebook. That's uh, Business Building Blocks on Facebook. So like the page, Business Building Blocks. Um, and subscribe on SoundCloud. Yeah, and Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on YouTube. On YouTube. Also, subscribe to our uh, podcast. On the podcast app, you can go on there. If you have an iPhone, search Business Building Blocks, and you'll get these episodes. You'll get an alert on your phone every week so you can stay tuned in on what's going on out here. You know what I'm saying? So keep feeding your businesses. Keep building. You have the blocks. Now get to build it. Thank you. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast. Thank you. See you next time.